Welcome to This Is Your Book Club Podcast. I'm Sarah. And I'm Jamie. That felt very soft. It was. I was thinking, I'm easing you're so you in. easy listening right now. <laughs> and I come Sarah. in with, hi, I'm Jamie. <laughs> I like heard myself. I'm like, welcome, welcome. to the podcast. We're going to play some jazzy blues for you. <laughs> yes, that's what I'm about like. Yeah. I don't know what that was about. I'm actually very excited to talk about books. Let's do it. <laughs> there is nothing easy. Well, it is easy listening. It totally is. But. Buckle up, buttercup. We got some good books for you today. There are books on our shelves. We need to talk. We were just talking earlier tonight about how we have been doing so many episodes for you. You're welcome. <laughs> like So many, like 190 I think this is three. That is a lot of episodes, and we have not run out of books to talk about. That's was the big point that of the was conversation the was there's still so many more on my TBR. Yeah, more on my TBR than my to than my read list. Yes. I have more to be read than what I've already read. And I've read a lot. A lot. But I want to read more. Let's do it. Let's keep doing let's keep reading I and plan keep on it. podcasting it. I'm I'm in. Whether you're listening or not, but we know you are and you're sharing with your friends and doing all the love, right? Right, right. right. Okay. And then <laughs> we're just gonna keep reading books and talking about them. I love it so much. Yeah. Everyone do their part. Perfect business plan. <laughs> Bringing in all <laughs> the big bucks from whoop, whoop. all the things, you know. Someone said to me the other day, you need merch. Ooh, I'm like Ooh. Yeah, we do need merch. We totally do. And figure that well, out. Like, yeah. What would our merch what say? What would it do? What would it be? What would it say? Tell me what you think it should look like. Let us know. And say, and we'll create a merch shop. Yeah. I'll I'll crochet you something. Ooh. Or I did my first cross stitch. You did. I love cross stitch. Oh, it was this great. This is my thing about cross stitch. I enjoy doing it so much. Yes. I could sit and do cross stitch for it was hours. so addictive. And I have no idea what, what to, do to do with, with it, it once now, I'm done. Right? That's exactly. That's the real problem. Because I, yes. I don't necessarily have a home that is conducive to cross stitch decor. Well, I kind of feel like I need to make a modern cross stitch decor. Is out of there? It. Like, because what does that it is that becoming like? more of a modern thing, I think, right now. Like putting it in a modern frame or something like that. But it was also a white elephant gift. Uh, and it says it has like <laughs> flowers and vines and stuff. And then it says, Not today, Satan. Uh, and I love it. <laughs> that's I not really that. an eight entryway Maybe mural. It is. Maybe it is. Maybe it is. Like, welcome. Stand back, Satan. <laughs> not today. It actually was really fun, and it so makes me much. laugh. I love seeing it. I got to figure this out because I want to do it, but I yeah. don't know what to do with it after. Right. If you have it, tips on this, send them around. <laughs> yeah. Is there someone who's desperately in need of cross-stitch I would that love I could to donate it, it to? to? <laughs> yeah. Like, hmm. Hospital rooms, do they need uplifting sayings and cross-stitch? I could do that. Or, the, or like um, retirement homes or... Things like that. Just beautiful artwork. Do you artwork need some artwork of cross my cross-stitch? Stitch. Yeah. 
I'm not great, but I'll donate it to your facility. I could do decent. Decent, yeah. You can read that it says not today, Satan. You can say, that's a bird. (laughs) Yeah. You could. You could, I'm sure. So maybe. Maybe that's my next next podcast. (laughs) Let's start a podcast about (laughs) cross-stitching. I went. I. I'm. The thing is, I'm laughing, but maybe there. Maybe this is a thing, and I just don't know about it. I need to it. hear about it. Yeah. Maybe I'd love it. Please share with us your favorite crustus. I do podcast. Have a question about how does that come across, like without visual, right? Because right, I want right, to see right. the cross stitch. Yeah. Maybe a better YouTube channel. You're th- or some really good descriptions. Ooh. You have to be able to really get me into this cross stitch. Maybe they're out there. Hmm. Huh. Hmm. Let us know. Hmm. But today. We're talking about books, actually. That's why we're here. Off of cross stitch, (laughs) off of the other unimportant things in my life. They're not unimportant. Uh, Also, do you have a fun fact? I do. That's really what I need now. Yes. Fun fact about Linda Linda Rutledge, Rutledge, who is the author of West with Giraffes. There's an interview on viewsonbooks.com. And I think this is actually their first interview is Linda Rutledge. Oh, that's kind of fun. They were exciting. Yeah. I love that. So this, the interview was from 2022. And the question is, who were your influences? And do you have any favorite go-to authors whose works you enjoy reading? And she says, as my website's bio explains, when I wasn't trying to break my little tomboy neck, (laughs) you could find me grabbing every Superman comic book from my dad's drugstore and every Hardy Boy and Nancy Drew mystery in my small town's Carnegie Public Library. All of them leading me to Huckleberry Finn, to Kill a Mockingbird, and then to the study of American literature through college and beyond. At some point, I had to ask myself, what do books do for us? Any writer knows that to be a writer, you need to love reading, but any reader knows the answer, too, even if they don't know they do. As Mark Twain said, the man or woman who doesn't read good books has no advantage over the man or woman who can't read them. But it's more than that. From books, we learn not only to see the world through others' eyes, but about universal truths which have the power to shape the type of deeper, more well-rounded people we we become. Be they from 1950s Superman comics, 1830s Charles Dickens, or 1930s Catherine Ann Porter. Plus, you never know when your knowledge of, say, James Fenimore Cooper finally comes in handy as you saw or will see in West with Giraffes. Oh, nice tie-in yeah. to your own book there. So it's kind of cute. Yeah, I love I that. Love- it is a good point, right? Yeah. We it really I could say I can vouch. Me too. Books I've, have taken me places it's I never would my have opinion. thought. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Of everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've read a lot of various books about hot dogs and haircuts and <laughs> yeah, all yeah. the different things. And honestly, like, no, <laughs> on, I don't need, hot I can dog do knowledge. a takeaway of all of them. That's pretty. Did incredible. I need hot dog knowledge? No, but the history behind America through the hot views dog. of hot dogs. Yeah. Pretty cool. And really, come on. I like a good hot dog. I love a good hot dog. Mm-hmm. 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 All of it. 
I agree. That's pretty cool. Anywho, thank you, Miss There's your Rutledge. fun fact. I, I thought you were going to thank me. I was ready to say you're welcome, but thank yes, you, thank Jamie, you, Miss Rutledge, for, for your interview. <laughs> you're welcome. You're welcome as well. I I have begun the book. Have you begun? I have not begun the Next book. Next week is our is our book club. Better get reading. Mm, that's right. We do only have a week. Yeah, I'm about halfway through. I won't spoil it for you yet. I will get on it. Okay. I just purchased it. Good. Because it was on sale. Oh, yes. For $7.99. If you listen and you like to do Audible, Mm -hmm. you don't need to use a credit on this because a credit is like $14 or $15. Yeah. Well, I buy them on, I only ever buy credits when they're on sale or I get my free one. Like in a bundle? Yeah. And I think they're like $13.99 for a bundle. Yeah. I I mean, you buy a bundle. And your monthly one is like $14. That's true. Right? You're right. If you just do your one. A month? It's that's $14. Like Needless to say, West with Giraffes is only like seven fifty right now. Right. Yeah, it's on sale. You can so it's like half of a credit. I bought it's, it anyway, it's worth buying. Today. Hop on and see if you can. Because our library doesn't it. carry it. Yeah. There was no chance there. But seven ninety nine, yeah. yes, I was excited about that. Definitely so, worth it. Yeah, get on, get it, get started. I'll get started this week and then next week we'll be back to talk. All things West with giraffes. Perfect. Okay. Let's take a break. All right, we're back. We sure are. Welcome. I am so ready to talk books. Welcome to the book lair. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk books today, Sarah. What's on your shelf? All right. I can go first. Let me find if you'd like or you don't have to. to. I'd love going first. Please, (laughs) let me talk. It's like the power of the first person in line at kindergarten. Yes. You have all the power if you go first. I'm going to talk for a really long time. So give you the power. Get comfortable. Okay, I'm settled in. All right, the first book I'm going to talk about today is The Forgotten Room by Karen White, Lauren Willig, and Beatrice Williams. I don't know why there's three authors. Three authors? Wow. I've I'm read books with two. Sure. Three, that's different, but awesome. I, I'm not I'm, sure why they decided to do this together, but it says it's a masterful collaboration. Very masterful. According to the synopsis. It would be hard to collaborate and be in the correct voice <laughs> with three authors. Yes. Because Well, and maybe this okay. is how they did it, because it is about three different women. Oh, and so each one of them wrote? It's possible. From I don't each perspective. know. I don't know how they did that. Yeah. Um. This is the story of three women who are three generations of women. So we have... Grandma, mom, mm-hmm. and daughter. Mm-hmm. But each of them in their same time of life, which is like their early 20s. So we see grandma in her early 20s, and then mom in her early 20s, and then daughter in her early 20s. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? I don't know yeah. if I'm explaining yeah. it properly. Yep. Um, and the interesting thing is usually when we have a story like this that's like over decades, right? Like we're, or we're talking generational Mm-hmm. It feels like we have one that's like really far in the past and then one that's like current times. But mm-hmm. when you are talking about these women, it's really all in 60 years. Yeah. Right? Okay. And really, it's probably more like 40 years because you have the first 20 years and then the next 20 years and then the last 20 years. Okay. Right? Right. So, and they're all overlapping because they all have this connection to this 
house and family in New York City. Okay. And it's their their experiences are all different and they don't know about the other's connection and experience with the house and slash family mm-hmm. until the end. Ooh. So, so they're not related? They are. Did you say? Okay, but it's a it's a grandma, mom, daughter. That's what I thought you said. But, but they yet, don't talk about it. So okay. it's like one has this experience okay. and then won't talk about it. And so then all of a sudden, this the daughter as she's Okay, so not that they lived in the house, but certain things that maybe were taking place in the house or yes, interacting and at with the house. Some point there are some that live there and they don't know why their mom right had right would always walk by this house and look at this house and they never understood why and now mom has passed on and they are looking for answers and they have their own experience with that said house okay okay i i can see that as you were explaining i was filling in blanks which totally led me down a different right i was i was i did not even see where this book was going. Okay. So it was different. I will say at first, I was a little confused because their stories are so close in Mm -hmm. time. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes you can separate stories by time. Like, oh, you can tell this is happening farther in the past. Right. This is happening more 1930s compared to 1990s. Yeah. They're quite close. And so I would would get confused. Like, wait, wait, which one is this? Which one, which person is this? And I didn't understand, like, who was who? For a while. It took me yeah. a beat, like a good long beat. And for someone who reads a lot of books, that doesn't happen very often. Yeah. So that tells you something. Like this was yeah. a little confusing. So be, you know, okay. You'll have to pay attention there at the beginning. And things kind of start to fall into place. And then it's a little bit easier to follow. But it was really interesting. It took a lot of creativity to we to weave these stories together. And it was very unique. I there was one story that I was like, oh, I can kind of see where this is going. And then some that I was like, what? what? Yeah. So it was it was it was super fun. I gave it three stars. It was really interesting. And especially those like history stories where it was mm-hmm. it was kind of like the Gilded Age. Yeah. I love that time and era. So that was super interesting. I don't read a lot about it. So that was yeah. fun and yeah. you know to read about and um it was very creative and very three different women who are related and how they the choices that they made with what they knew and how they were raised anyway it was yeah. it was fun it was a fun story cool. and and definitely if you like that time and era if you like those generational stories you would mm-hmm. love this one and a house right right there's something right. about a house yeah Three stars. It's called The Forgotten Room. I love it. Okay. Put it on the list. Um, I, my first book today is Counting the Cost, a memoir by Jill Duggar. Mm. And um, I read, I talked on uh, a previous episode about the book her sister wrote, um, Becoming Free Indeed by Ginger Duggar. And I said there, like, I kind of wanted salacious details and they didn't give any. Mm-hmm. Um, but hers was more about her faith transition and figuring out her beliefs and um, holding on to what she was taught, the things that she want, the values she wanted to keep, and then expanding them with a broadened perspective of um, religion. So, Interesting enough as it was, I gave it three stars. It was interesting. This one um, by Jill Duggar is definitely more of 
what was happening in her family and the making of the reality TV show, 19 Kids and Counting, how it impacted her life, her marriage, how the um, evangelical preacher that they followed um, influenced their lives and the pleasing manner, the pleasingness that that like she just wanted to please him so badly mm. and her parents and everyone. Right. She did everything based off of um, pleasing other people and not necessarily for herself and how she wanted to be perceived or, or what she believed um, as she got married and that brought her husband into the 19 kids and counting and they had to sign contracts with him in it. So right before they got married, her dad just kind of like slid a contract to like slid some papers over and said, here, I need you to sign these. And, you know, they, she totally trusts her dad and she's had to do things like this before and just signed a paper expecting that her dad had her best interest in mind. And she was, it, she was signing over that she had any control or say pretty much in what she was doing, that she wasn't getting paid. The money was going to her parents. Yeah. The kids weren't making money. And here she is an adult now and getting married and still, so she had all these, her and her husband were, you know, doing a missionary trip out of the country and really wanted to do that and getting that all ready to go. And yet the show here was saying, you have to be back in Texas for this filming on this day. You have to be here. It's in your contract. And she's like, no, we're not coming. We can't. Yeah. We're on this mission trip. We're not doing this. So things like that, that were, she was legally obligated to be there and film, but it's not necessarily her new life now with her own family. Yeah. It wasn't. And then That's she wasn't gross. making money off of it. And so she, you know, approached her dad, her and her husband approached her dad and were like, Hey, can, you know, can we talk compensation? Can we talk like, it's we're not, putting we're a putting lot time. of hours into this. Yeah. And we're her adults. husband was going back to school and they were having kids and raising a family and wanting to buy a house and, you know, and, they don't have and the dad said no so it's it's super interesting like he got super offended that how dare she talk like their raising and belief is that the patriarch of the family is the decision maker even when you're married no you've lost that that he's still over you no and that you still come to him for things no and her like (laughs) becoming an exactly becoming an adult and being like Actually, no, I am my own person, and this is my husband, and we were going to go this way and do this, but that tie of father knows best. Trying to, like, let go of all of your... Yes. Wow, that's hard. And how heartbreaking it is, and how guilty she felt, and, you know, how it affected her relationships with her siblings and her mom, because of this... She wasn't falling in line. Yeah, she wasn't falling in line, and how dare she question... Mm. him and you know women aren't to question they're to follow and so she talks a lot about that she talks about um the ordeal with her brother and being a victim of sexual assault and having her name um be put into the media as a victim of sexual assault without her consent it should not have been released and she talks that you know she loves her brother but he needs help and he's where he should be for what he did and hopes he can get the help he needs to live a better life after. Mm-hmm. And 
yeah, so very, very interesting reading hers and her sister's books relatively close together. Mm-hmm. Very eye-opening perspectives on on their family situation and growing up in their childhood and, and adulthood, becoming adults. Very interesting. I wow. gave it three stars. Wow. Counting the Cost by Jill Duggar. Okay. All right. The next one I'm going to talk about is not at all like the Duggars. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to talk about Starling House by Alex E. Harrow. You've probably seen this one around lately. It's a newer release. It was like a Reese okay. book pick. Mm-hmm. Came out in October. Okay. So it's a newer it's a newer book. I was excited about this one. I think I had it on hold for quite a while. Um, it's the story um, of like a haunted house. Mm. I love ha- scary things. Yeah. This is a fun one too. Like so it's creeper? like a haunted house. Okay. Yeah. And there's, it's the main character is, a, she's a woman, but she's young. She's like 18 years old or 19 mm-hmm. years old. And she's, the sole caretaker of her younger brother, who's 16, 15. Okay. 15 or 16. And their mother died. They didn't know who their dad was. And their mom died in a car accident. And they have been living in a hotel room since she died like three years ago, four years ago. And this hotel owner said she lost a bet to the mom. And so now they get to stay rent fee free. Uh Uh-huh. And- um, but she doesn't make life very easy for them. So it's not great, but it's free. Right, right. Okay. But she's, so this this gal has just, works very hard. She dropped out of school to be able to take care of her brother because she just wants a really good life for him and he's very smart. Mm-hmm. And so she she tries to work, but she's, you know, life isn't hasn't been easy for her and people aren't kind. You know, there's been a lot of, bad attitudes about her mom and so those have fallen down on her so she's just fighting everyone all the time right Right. life is hard and she is you know making no money she never has enough for anything they're starving all the time whatever anyway there is a house in their small town that you know is super spooky it's the weirdest thing like people randomly will show up like once people live there they never leave groceries are delivered to the house and People all of a sudden will randomly show up and be like, I'm the, a descendant of the Starlings and they'll move in. Mm-hmm. But they all look different. Like you might be Asian and you might be, you know, just these random people. It's like, how are you all related? And where did you right. come from? You've never been here before. And it's just this weirdness about this house. But mm-hmm. she always has dreams about this house. Mm. And she finds herself very drawn to this house. And she walks by it. And one day she decides she's going to get a little closer and she's going to take some pictures. Because she is so interested in it. And she goes in and she is like confronted by the guy who lives there. And he's like, what are you doing here? She's like, I was, I'm in a design class and I wanted to take pictures of this beautiful architecture. And he totally buys it. And Well, not that he does. Not that he does, but he doesn't get mad at her. He doesn't question her. And needless to say, she is able to finagle a job. Cleaning the house. Okay. And so she starts showing up to clean. And he agrees to pay her like this really high amount to come and clean the house, which is something she needs, right? She's trying to help her brother. Yeah. So it's interesting. So she starts to have this experience in this house. And so the story, that's all at the very beginning. 
Gosh, that's a lot at the beginning. She um, has starts to have these experiences in this house and with this owner and what happens with her brother. What's her brother doing? Um, What do people in the town know? Okay. What is the story of this house and why is it so weird? And what is happening there? um, It is super. It's super fun. It's a, it's a little, it's a ghost story and the house is kind of alive and it's kind of fun. I kind it's fun, I like that. but it's a little dark. Like I don't want to, yeah. it's dark. It's creepy. It's not a fun haunted house, but it's a fun story it's about maybe a what's happening haunted. around the house. That's not fun, but the house itself is fun. Okay. I was like, what is happening here? I did not see where I was going. It's, it's a mm-hmm. creepy story. And I gave it three stars. It's a creeper. It's one you want to talk about. Like, who else read this so that we can? Because you can't say anything. Mm -mm. I don't want to spoil it for you. It kind of, it was a, I didn't see the end coming. I was like, what? Fun. Yeah. Starling House. Okay. Three stars. All right. The next book I read is The Breakaway by Jennifer Weiner. Weiner? Weiner, mm-hmm. you know, like it. me and names. Um, this, I've read a couple of her books. I like her. It's a usually like an easier read, you know, just like kind of lighthearted, nothing too serious. Mm-hmm. I've and, seen this cover a lot. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I enjoyed it. It was great. It covers some heavy topics, but in a really light way, hmm. kind of makes you think. So the main story is about this she's 30 something years old. Her name's Abby and she's never really launched into adulthood. She lives on her own, but her apartment is very bare. She hasn't decorated. It looks like she just moved in, but she's lived there for years. Um, She just gets side jobs and gigs. Like she doesn't have a permanent job, but she does, she does things to make money. Just whatever comes up next is what she does. Hmm. And she grew up with a mother who was, Always on a diet, always on a diet. And she herself, Abby, is plus size and has been her whole life, which was a, an issue for her mother. So we're dealing with um, body image issues. Mm-hmm. And so her mom sent her multiple summers to fat camp. Now, of course, it's not called that, but that's what she refers to it as. And she is mortified that she has to go and ultimately she ends up meeting this, um, this fellow. I won't want to say guy because they're kids, but you know, she meets this other guy there and he is overweight as well. And they become very, very close. And yet it's summer camp. So then they go away and life continues on and she moves on with her life and he's moved on with his life, whatever. A chance meeting of him, like he just by chance ends up being back in the same town she's in, and he has had weight loss surgery and is half his size. And they go out on a date, they reminisce about blah, 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 summer camp, and they start dating. They've been together for quite a while. I believe they're actually engaged. But she's starting to kind of question like, is this, does this really make me excited? Like, am I excited or this is just... He's there, you know, mm-hmm. he accepts me for who I am and totally doesn't give me any crap about how I eat or what I do, but he is very conscious about everything he eats. And mm-hmm. so she just doesn't find it super fun mm-hmm. to be around mm-hmm. him. And she's, 
So she's kind of questioning it. She gets this opportunity for a job that is, uh, she cycles, she bikes. That's like one of her big things. She is a plus size biker and she loves biking. And so she gets this opportunity or she's asked to last minute guide this bike tour from New York City to Niagara Falls. And um, she's like, I don't think I can do that. She does these bike trips like this all the time, but it's like a two and a half week bike trip. Wow. And she guides them and they have set up stops and snacks and eating here and there and stuff. It's a whole tour group, but you do it on bikes. So she agrees to do it. She shows up and um, a one night stand from three years prior, right as she was making her relationship with this childhood friend official she has this one night stand with this guy out of town well surprise he's in the bike group oh this is all at the very very beginning wow and then her mother surprises her by joining the bike group too now they don't have a great relationship and so she's thrown in with all this stuff now there's other characters in the bike group they've got two and a half weeks together on this trip um and they're sharing they're learning about each other life stories and um, they all are dealing with something and it's kind of coming out and um, they are learning about each other, even those they knew before, like her mom, things they didn't know before and how this unlikely group can really end up being helpful. I, it was really fun. It's funny. It's It has some serious topics um, and and yet it's a really cute, like, meet cute as well. And like, who do you want to be with? Like, who is going to be best for you long run, long term? And do you need to get your life together? Or is it okay to keep living mm. gig to gig, paycheck to paycheck, not really belonging in your apartment kind of feeling? Anyway, I liked it. I liked that it took place as a bike tour. It was fun to kind of hear about the struggles of being on the bike for so many days yeah. and the weather and different things. Anyway, it was fun. I gave it four stars. Awesome. I really enjoyed it as a good light read. I love that. Yeah. That's awesome. Awesome. Okay. The last book I'm going to talk about today is... Divine Rivals by Rebecca Ross. I don't know. This Ooh. is like a... I feel like that cover looks a lot like the last cover. Yes. <laughs> I don't know does. the colors, the, the vibe. a lot of birds. Okay. This is like... Maybe I'm not looking closely at it. A flower that's dying, maybe? Mm, I don't know. Um, Divine Rivals is... I don't even know what category you would put this in. I mean, it's a little bit fantasy because, I mean, it's fantasy because in their land, like things are happening that are not real. Like there's gods that are like dragons, but they're so far in the background that like, it's not the actual story. It's just like happening. Right. Right. I don't know how to describe it. The real story is like, there is this, um, the main character, this woman she is a journalist. She's young. She's like, I think her name is Iris. Mm -hmm. And she is trying to become a journalist. And her brother has gone off to war to fight for one of the gods. That's what I mean. Like they're kind of, it's kind of in the background. Okay. Um, and she misses him so much. And her mom, like without him, is devastated. 
And she's just trying to like feel connected to him while she waits for him. And she's going to do it by being a journalist. And she has this rival journalist that's at her newspaper. And they are both trying to get the best stories, right? They want to be given the best okay. stories and who's yeah. going to be promoted. And so they're- Cutthroat. Yes. Okay. Just between the two of them. And it's almost like they've created this themselves. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes, they've been told it's one of you will get the promotion, whatever. But right. mostly you can see them just like feeding this rivalry. Right, right. And she writes her brother. She starts writing her brother's letters on her typewriter. They they do everything on their typewriters. She writes him a letter and she sends her brother this letter. Like she puts it under the door to be mailed to him or something. Uh-huh. And all of a sudden she starts receiving these le- a letter back under her door, which is unusual, right? So she's like, what in the world? She picks it up, finds out that her typewriter, when she sends letters, yeah, goes to someone else. Like it goes to this person and he's getting these letters and she he recognizes really quick that it's the rival the r- okay. in the things that she's writing. She rec- he recognizes, but he doesn't tell her that it's him. Okay. Okay. And you don't really understand the connection and why he's getting these letters and how he's able to send it back because they're not in the same house, right? But somehow they're coming to him and they start this correspondence and they're seeing each other at work and she doesn't know it's him, but he knows it's her. Okay. So it kind of feels like a you've got mail. Yeah. Okay. At first. And then she... Some things happen, and she's going to go off and report on the war. Mm-hmm. And he's worried about her. Mm-hmm. And they're writing these letters. She still doesn't know. And it's like this a little bit of a love story, mm-hmm. but it's through letters. And they're like also experiencing like life in wartime. Okay. And sh- he decides he needs to go and he he's falling in love with her. He wants to be around, like save her, protect her, and goes with her and joins her. And it's this story of them. Like it's really their. It's like a love story. Yeah, but it doesn't feel like it. I don't know how to describe it other than that. It's not like you're reading this sappy meet cute. You're not. No, you're not. Okay. It I'm is. Tr- I'm struggling different. picturing this. I'm pick like gods and modern world. With, you you don't like, see them. They're they're talked about in the background, like when they're yeah. writing their articles about the war. Like who are you fighting for? Which side are you on? Mm-hmm. Okay, so there's that, and the sides are which like like mythical creature. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> and they can do some damage in yeah. wartime, and so it talks about like oh you don't want to go against him because look at what they do. Like okay. in their destruction. So yeah. there's that. But that really is like not a big part of the story. It's a it's very much just what's leading the story. Like it's giving right. them a reason to be reporting. Does right. that make sense? Right. Because really the story is like they care about their families, they care about their lives. And I know that there's a part two, which mm. is recent is I don't know when it comes out. Let me find out. Let me give you all the details. Um, Because this one just came out in April. Oh, the second one came out in December. So it's out. Wow. I need to quick. read it. Okay. And it like wraps it up. So it doesn't, but it does, it ends on a cliffhanger. It's a part so one of a book. you do need to read the next one. And I get a feeling that the second one has a little bit more to do with the you know, care the fictional type, the war creatures. 
Yeah. yeah. That we don't know a lot about yet because they were just setting the stage for that. For that. And now that's going to be the next possibly. But it was really great. Like I, I loved, I thought it was so clever. I loved the letters. Mm-hmm. I loved the way it all, that all happens. Like that relationship, all whatever it's going to, I'm not going to spoil anything for you okay. about if she finds out or anything. Thank you. But it's good. But now I have two more books that I have to put I on my really list. I really liked it. I gave it four stars. Okay. It's like, it's just a little bit. Sometimes you need a little bit of fantasy to take you outside of real life. Real life is hard sometimes and you yes, need to it is. experience a different unreal Go life. Go somewhere else for a little bit. But it's enough real that it's re- so relatable. That you can- It's so relatable. Okay. But it just has a little bit of like fantasy. Yeah. A little imagination. Just a little splash. Yeah. And that's how it felt. Okay. I get a, like I said, I get the feeling that the next one will be more of that. And I haven't read it yet. I'll let you know. Okay. Report back. I will. It's called Divine Rivals. Okay. All right. My last one. Are we here already? Yes. Oh, my goodness. Woo! Okay. I read Playing Nice by J.P. Delaney. This came out in 2020. So it's been around for a couple of years. I don't know how it got on my list of TBR. Hmm. Who knows these days? There's so many books there. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is the story of two families who are brought together by a very serious mistake. Mm. They both um, ended up having um, premature babies on the same day. And their babies were, th- were then transferred to a bigger, more public hospital that was more, uh, had all the things they needed for premature babies. And they were both born in very different circumstances, but nevertheless born early and had to go into like a NICU type thing. Yeah. Somehow in the events of that night that were crazy, a major accident happened where they swapped the name tags on the babies and so the wrong baby went home with the wrong parents i won't go into any more about whose child were what or what any of that just know the babies were swapped okay so this one family has this baby i think the babies are like two or three and he gets a knock on the door and here is this other dad saying, hey, this is what happened. You have my genetic baby. I have your genetic baby. There was a big mix up. And we don't know what to do. But we wanted to let you know and want to know what you want babies? to do. They're like two or three. They're little. So they've. They've bonded. They've been growing up and both babies have their own issues, you know, mm-hmm. and children as children. they do. Right. And this family has learned, you know, or is working through their toddler with these issues. The other family is working through their toddler with those issues. And now what are they going to do? Mm, I can't. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it really, it really has you thinking about what if now yeah. the likeliness mm-hmm. is low, but it definitely can happen and probably happened more so 
in older days, but I feel like security now is really good. And I want yes. to just keep believing that it really yes, is. And that too. this could never happen. But so they, um, the one dad who just found out on his doorstep that his child is not his biological child, um, goes back with his partner uh, and is like, hey, this guy came to my door today. This is what he said. Can you believe this? What do you want to do? What should we do? How should we handle this? And they come to the the decision that this is the baby they have is their baby. They've bonded. They're not quite sure what to do, but they can't stand the thought of losing losing that baby without knowing anything about the other baby. And so they go and tell the other family that this is what they think. And the other family is like, oh my gosh, we're so relieved. We feel the same way. So they have decided that they're just going to be a really unusual family. They each keep their own kids, but their kids, they'll be like aunt and uncle and still be a part of their biological children's lives and can, you know, kind of the kids can be raised like cousins and all of like this. Okay. So that's how it all starts. Uh oh. And then it doesn't go exactly as planned. There's lawsuits against the hospital. Don't agree There's, with how they're raising them it, or something. Yep. Things just would imagine. don't go as initially planned. And that's when the story begins. It's good. I liked it. I gave it three stars. It gets me all Unique, kinds of like. <clears throat> the panic, the anxiety, the anger. Like you just won't like that. Yeah. You know, when you want to yeah. yell at a character. Yep. I would want to yell at a character in this story. And I don't know if I could super in like just a good, like, Ooh, what would I do? And can you believe? And, you know, of course everyone has secrets. Secrets start coming out. You're getting more backstory. Uh, Anyway, Mm -hmm. it was really good. I gave it three stars playing nice. Playing nice. Yeah. I like feel conflicted. Right. Do you want to read it? Do you not want to read it? This was one that, you know, I've said this before. It takes me a little bit to get into a book to really like have an understanding of what's happening and who the characters are and really be able to envision what's going on. But in this one, it just took off from page one. Wow. Okay. It was just like, ooh, oh my gosh, what would I do? Like it just, the story began just like that. Well, that's good. Yeah. So there you go. Okay. I'll put it on. That's a great list of books. I know. Please tell us if you've read these or if you have any recommendations for us. Please, please, please. Find us on Instagram or Facebook. You can email us at thisisyourbookclubpodcast at gmail.com. Please rate, subscribe, share with your friends. Thank you to Amphibious Zoo for our music. And we'll see you next time. I'm Sarah. And I'm Jamie. And And this this is is your book book club. club.